Good afternoon, good morning to everyone who's listening to the show. Thank you all for tuning in once again to the show. And as y'all all know, I'm Tavares Wilson, the host of Last Word Productions. As you all know, I always get the last word. Now, guys, first and foremost, I'm going to jump right into the NBA news. And before we get off into the NBA playoffs, I want to just brief, briefly excuse me, discuss the coach hirings that we all recently have seen of late. And... Excuse me. The first thing, the first hire I should say I want to discuss is the Rick Carlisle hire uh, in Indiana. He's making his way back to the Pacers after he spent some time there in the early 2000s. Rick Carlisle is an offensive guru in this league. He knows how to get the best out of offensive players, you know, get players to a point where they have supreme confidence in their playing abilities on the offensive end whether it's shooting confidence whether it's the mentality to have that more of a score first type approach with anything of that nature or even you know when to know to make the right pass and the right play just to read the right certain now i wouldn't say coverages but situations now that being said I'm not I'm not fully sure how he can help this team be better defensively. I think he'll be a huge plus for a guy like Sabonis, for like a guy like Michael Brogdon. You know, I think he could actually help TJ Warren a little bit too. I know he suffered an injury. You know, he'll be back. But I just want to see where it could go for guys like the Holiday Brothers as well. Cause I think both of them are actually talented. I think that both the Holiday brothers, along with Drew Holiday, who I think is one of the most underappreciated players in our league, I think they are guys who can get a little bit more out of them than what we see right now. And I think that's a lot of players when it comes to certain situations they're placed in and coaches that they have. Because, I mean, perfect example of this right now is Cameron Payne. I mean, this is a guy with OKC who many thought was, you know, just a dud now look at him. He's one win away from being a key contributor in going to the finals with the Phoenix Suns after a Chris Paul injury. Well, not injury, but COVID-related protocols is, you know, <laughs> situation that basically thrusted him into the starting role. And he did fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. No one can sit here and say he did not earn his minutes and he did not make them count when they matter most. Now, excuse me, with that being said, I think that same situation can happen with the Holiday Brothers. I think with the right coach, with the right mindset, someone that actually pushed them to be better, I think they will. their game will go to that next level. It may not be as big of a leap for like how it was for Cameron Payne or even a leap like for Jordan Clarkson who is now the newly crowned sixth man of the year. But I do believe they can have a Devontae Graham kind of a leap where they're going to put up staggering credit numbers. They may not be recognized by many, but it is going to be something that a lot of people do pay attention to. Now, that being said, the next coaching hiring I want to get into is Chauncey Billups and the reason why I want to get into Chauncey Billups is because, first and foremost, congratulations to Chauncey Billups. I think it's a beautiful thing that he's receiving opportunities receiving. He's in the assistant coach right now for the L.A. Clippers. 
He's a guy who's been on TV for years now as a commentator, as an analyst, things of that nature. And for, for, for the record, I think it is absolutely absurd that people are bringing up his past, you know, confrontations or his past events in life now that he's a newly crowned or appointed head coach in the NBA. I'm not going to get into the details about it. If you guys want to know more, just look into it. I'm more than positive you can find an article on it right now because it it is something that, to me, is disturbing because it's almost as if, like, man, the moment you get something worthwhile or your time, someone wants to strip it from you. But, you know, that's another conversation for another day. Now, with that being said, Chauncey Billups, the new head coach for the Portland Trailblazers, a lot of this caused some uproar, especially for guys like Damian Litter. And now there's a rumor going that has been circling saying that they may ask for a trade after the hiring of Chauncey Billups. Now, some people were speculating that this is not the hire that Dame wanted. You know, he doesn't like Chauncey Billups as a coach. Things of that nature. I mean, he was a guy who wanted... I, I believe it was Jason Kidd that he wanted. I'm more than positive it was Jason Kidd. You know, but it didn't go that way, and I'll get into Jason Kidd in a bit here. But Tyson Billups is the new head coach of the Portland Trail Blazers, and doesn't seem as if Damian Lillard was too happy about that. At the end of the day, Damian Lillard has every right to be upset. I mean, at the end of the day, He's a guy who's absolutely a vocal point in the Portland Trust Blazers organization. He is a guy who's more than likely going to go down as probably the best Blazer to ever play. I mean, I know that says a lot because you got guys like Clyde Drexler, but I mean, come on. Not many of those guys are having a run that Dame has had. As terms of a score, that is. But if Drexler, as it stands, not still Drexler, but if Dame can just get a, a, a finals appearance like Drexler did, then I think it'll get a little bit more interesting. But with that being said, let's move on to the next coaching hiring. And that was today with Jason Kidd to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, a lot of people are going to look at this and say, you know, what was wrong with Rick Carlisle? You know, I know it was a little feud and little locker room tension between him and Luca. Luca didn't, however, did not like the departure of the GM that they did have. But it came with the departure of Luke, I mean, Rick Carlisle. Now you got Jason Kidd in the building. I'm not fully sure how good of a move this is for Dallas because of this simple fact. One, Jason Kidd ties to the Mavericks could be a double-edged sword for them. He could approach this as a coach, but his player aspect may hinder some of his judgment. And the reason I say that is because he ultimately wants to see this franchise succeed. I mean, this is a franchise where he once played is a franchise where he once he won his ring, you know, things of that nature. He wants to get back to those glory days. And sometimes when you do things like that, it gets a bit emotional for you more than it is business and logical. 
And with that being the case, that means you're going to start to see more hero ball or more do what you can ball instead of me drawing up a strategy to actually win the game. I think that's going to be something that's Jason Kidd is going to have to kind of take those hurdles over because I, I believe that is something that ate Steve Nash this year. You know, he was a guy who was thinking more so of a player than a coach. You didn't see too many plays actually drawn up to get looks created for Kevin Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, whatever the case may be. You can have all the talent in the world. I mean, yes, not you need talent to win more than anything, but at the end of the day, you still need continuity. You still need that foundation as a coach. Jason Kidd didn't have that. I mean, not Jason Kidd, excuse me. Steve Nash didn't have that this year with, this, with the Nets. And hopefully, Jason Kidd can show a little bit of that with Dallas. Now, let's go off into the NBA playoff news. Now, last night, well, two nights ago now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, the Bucks as a collective group, came back from a 15-point deficit at one point against the Atlanta Hawks. They won the game on the road 2-1 against the Hawks. They're up right now. And... To be all honest with you guys, honestly, man, I don't think the Hawks win another game this series. I mean, Trey Young couldn't have came out any harder than he did. Herder played a solid night. John Collins has been playing phenomenal. Capella has been Capella. Steadily consistent guy, double-double guy. You know, Danilo Gallinari off the bench has been really good for you. Bogdan is getting healthier by the day. He's looking better. And they still couldn't pull it off. Despite the fact that they were up big, at home, got the crowd behind you, your stars playing the way it's supposed to play, with your stars on your team in that perspective, and you still lose. I don't know what else they could have. I don't know how else better they could have played. And the reason why I don't think they'll win another game is, is this simple fact. I don't see them having a check for Giannis. I don't. I mean, they're throwing Clint Capella at him to guard him basically 30 feet out from the rim. It's not going to work. I mean, Capella is a good defender. I think Clint Capella is one of the most underrated centers that this league has. I think he's... I think he can make a, a legitimate argument to be a top five center of the league. I, I legitimately believe that. But at the end of the day, he's not a guy who's quick-footed. He's, he's not a guy who's going to exactly get down in a defensive stance and slow a guy down. It's not him. It's, it's 99% of the league at the center positions are like that. So it's no, it's no slit against him. But it's just a tall task to ask a guy like that to guard the best slasher in the league that we have right now. It's definitely between him and Russell Westbrook, Giannis, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, you wouldn't ask Click Capella to guard Russell Westbrook, despite the fact that him and Giannis are basically the same player. They're slashers. They're, they're wanting to get to the rim. Doesn't make sense to me. I mean, he's there because the matchup is about hype. That's it. I'm not saying put Trey Young or something on him like that, but your best bet is honestly John Collins. That's your best bet. John Collins, I mean, maybe Solomon Hill, 
those are the best bets. I mean, uh, man, the rookie, I forgot his name. He's been doing a hell of a job on him, man. I can't even lie. But he's been doing one hell of a job on number 17. I cannot remember his name right now. Oh, man, it's killing me. But number 17 for the heart has been doing a hell of a job. Those are those are your best bets, not Clint Capella. It's just not. He's not. I mean, I love Clint again. I think he's a legitimate player in this league. But you can't ask him to draw that assignment. It's never going to work in your favor, ever. No matter how many good defensive plays he makes, there's always going to be that other play where he gets absolutely throttled. And it's just like, why is he even there type of play? Now, with that being said, next playoff game that actually occurred last night was the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. Now, it's time for a little respect on Paul George's name. Playoff P is officially back, if you guys did not know. Pandemic P is postponed till further notice. But play, Paul George had one hell of a game last night. This guy went for 41 points, a, a playoff career high, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. He shot 75% from the field and 50% from three. And not only just that, he finished the game with three steals. I mean, guys... This is an all-time great performance. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to go down as a top 10, top 25 performance all-time in the playoffs, but if Paul George was to somehow come back from this 3-1 deficit without Kawhi Leonard against a Suns team that was absolutely scorching, man, it... It has to start being consideration if he's the top 10 player in this league again. It, it has to be. It has to be consideration. I mean, when this was two, about two years ago, three years ago, his last season with the OKC Thunder, when he was arguably a top 10 player and, and on the cusp and the verge of that superstar status. If he does this, he's got to be a superstar. I mean, he's doing something that no one has, has ever done outside of a LeBron James and the Cuban Cavaliers. Come back from 3-1. I guess a good team at that. This is a really good team in Phoenix. If they were to come back and beat Phoenix, it would be a tragic travesty for CP3 and his career. But... It would do nothing but lift Paul George's career. Now, I don't want CP3 to lose. I want CP3 to win the Marine. But if they go out and lose game six, I don't, I don't know how I feel about their chances going into game seven. Even, even at home, I don't, I don't know. Because that, at that point, I think the Clippers would be playing way too much confidence. But we shall see. You know, we shall see. Now, guys, I'll get off into some NFL news. Not Nothing too major going on in the NFL season right now. You know, it's a lot of dead space because training camp has officially ended. Well, 
mandatory mini camps, things like that. So some news though that we do have. Demarius Thomas, former Broncos and Jets receiver, has retired from the NFL after 10 seasons. You know, Demarius Thomas was a guy who absolutely played his highest level at his peak, I should say, with Peyton Manning back in, I believe it was 2012, when he had, I mean, he just... I think he went four straight seasons with like thirteen hundred plus yard seasons, and then he had he had about five Pro Bowl appearances, I believe, in that same span. And he just was an absolute touchdown monster as well, man. I mean, he did nothing but catch like those little screen pop passes and take him sixty yards up the field. I mean, he was a legitimate deep threat, and you know, it was. It, he was something special to watch for at least four or five years. He definitely was a top five receiver in this league for that span. But at the end of the day, he he has retired. And thank, thankfully that we all had the opportunity and the chance to watch him play and prosper and grow like how he did. I'm thankful to say that. And I'm thankful that he enjoyed his career and he's done the best that he can with it. And I wish him nothing but the best in the rest of his life for the rest of his life after this. Because his life just doesn't stop with football. It continues. I mean, he's only 33. He's still young by the real world standards, by the NFL standards. Yeah, he got a little bit older. But 33 is still pretty young, man. So enjoy your life, man, Mr. Thomas. Now, guys, we get off into the section that we call Guess That Player. Now, this section is basically just a little background. I give some background and hints about each player. Now, the goal of the game is for people in the comment sections to actually guess the player who I am speaking on. If they can guess the player correctly, I let that person choose the next topic or the next piece of news they want me to truly focus in on in my next episode. Something I wanted to try out, you know, some just add a little spice to the show. Nothing too serious, guys, but, you know, I wanted to do it. So let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes for us. If you guys like it, let me know. If you don't like it, hey, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. I'll just bring the news. All right, so this first hint about this player is that He's originally, this first hint, I'm sorry, this first hint about this player is that he's 27 years old. He went to University of Kansas. He was the first, he was drafted in the 2014, excuse me, in the first round. He was the third overall pick. And right now, he is regarded to as one of the best at his position, if not the best, in the NBA. And on top of that, he's a guy who was just strongly considered someone who would either be his him or me situation. Like, <laughs> it's crazy right now. But that's all I'm going to give you guys. Hey, if y'all guess the player right, hey, listen, remember... 2014 draft, third overall pick. <clears throat> Excuse me, third overall pick. 
2014 draft. He was he's regarded as the best at his position, if not one of if not just one of the best. And he just recently came out. Not can, he didn't, but news broke out saying that's going to be a him or me type situation between him and another player. Guess the player right, guys. Y'all pick what y'all want me to hone in on and speak on next episode. Come on, now y'all get excited with me now. But again, thank y'all all for tuning in every week, and y'all be on the lookout. I will be posting a film breakdown of Julio Jones and what he will bring to the Tennessee Titans offense. Fair, you know, fair warning, just a heads up, guys. The film I will be showing, that would just be, like, the film of Julio Jones. It, I won't be able to put, like, you know, the circles and, like, draw out the routes and concepts. Just can't do it right now. I don't really have a good understanding of, you know, the different softwares that I do have. I will get to that point. Y'all just give me a little bit. But I promise you I will get to that point, guys, now. Thank you all for tuning in to the show once again, though. Y'all be sure to like, subscribe to the channel. Y'all let me know what y'all thought of today's episode, and I'll see y'all in the next one.